friends, and welcome to Screen Vomit, the only movie podcast for normal people. I'm, of course, your host, Kayla. Here with me is my twin, Kali J. Hey, quack, quack, babies. Kali's loving the quacks lately. <laughs> I always love quacks. A real quackhead. I love ducks. I love ducks. <laughs> okay. Specifically yeah. mallards. Oh, yeah? I could. Hey, if we want to talk birds, I'll talk birds all day, honestly. Hey, no, we're not talking birds today. Introduce our guest. <laughs> so... Normals will know, several months ago, I was diagnosed with a terminal brain disease where I can't stop talking about the movie Relaxer. <laughs> yeah. And today's no exception. <laughs> every, every day. My good pal Kali has been there with me through my, um, this turbulent time for me. <laughs> and uh, we have with us another king related to the film. So oh, hell yeah. We also should say related content are two recent episodes, Baby Teeth and The Love Witch, with Jackson Ezinga and uh, Joshua Burge, respectively. Also, our episode on Relaxer that we did in December. Something uh, like that. Somewhere yeah. around there. All right. So our guest today, wow, a rocker was in the band Chance Jones with past guest Joshua Burge, just aforementioned. Another Sob Noise Boys producer for all their movies, I think, <laughs> including Relaxer. That will be... Mike Saunders. Hey. Hey, hello, hello. Thanks for having me on. That's, that's so nice of you. I've appreciated your podcast. I love that you go deep on stuff and it's so obvious that you both like really care about movies and are like cool. And so so thanks so much for uh, <laughs> oh, wow. uh, have, Thank you having so me much. on. <laughs> wow, popping in complimenting us. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And normal uh, in our midst. Oh, hell yeah! No, I just I, I like the fact that you seem to get into stuff and like you like you'll watch like the bullshit movies and watch like awesome movies and like I I think that's cool. Just like really being in into art is awesome. So that that is very cool, and I mean that. Aw, fuck Thank yeah! You. I mean I y'all do, too. <laughs> I do love the bullshit. Wow. Okay. Um, throwing me off. Okay. <laughs> Sweating. Um. <laughs> Oh, so me and Mike talked about pre-recording that we have the same birthday. Oh, my God. (laughs) Which, queers will know, two Aries together either means we will become best friends or arch enemies. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. The the astrology (laughs) stuff, for the longest time, I just was the biggest hater on it. And then, like, Uh all of these, you know, I'm not trying to be like, yo, I'm so into astrology is so for real. But, damn, that some of those Aries characteristics, they... They got. They really they, tracked. They, they fucking got me. They got me. Yeah. yeah, I found when I got more into okay, not to totally go astrology, but when I got more into like the the sun and the moon shit, that's when it really tracked for me. My first two are Aries. I don't remember what my third one is now, but I did look it up once, and uh, so I'm I'm a real Aries head. You see, I just like see a meme every now and then that's like Aries are <laughs> like this, and I'm like, yeah. So that's about You're as like, deep as I've. Yeah, that is. Me. <laughs> that's about as deep as I've gotten in astrology. <laughs> well, uh, you know, being in the queer community, it's like a rite of passage. Like you kind of have to know. It's like if you don't know, you're like exiled from the community. So I have to know like a little bit. Yeah. And I'm not like that far into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's get serious. 
not serious. So you're also a big movie head. How did your love of cinema develop? What's your formative, your path into being into movies? You know, as like a, a little kid, my brother and I watched movies together. We watched Star Wars, like great, you know, we were big time Star Wars maniacs when we were kids and mm-hmm. like got the toys and like went all in and that like carried through like our teenage years and like still liked the toys and we're like hyped when the you know they were not that wonderful but it was like so awesome when they came out in the theaters with the remake and stuff like that so that was all really big when i was like a little kid we would watch like all of like the american like hell yeah america stuff like the right stuff (laughs) and uh, yeah yeah like rocky four and like yeah yeah, it was like that that type of vibe and like that was awesome i love those movies when i was a kid i still you know they're nostalgic to me now uh-huh. But, uh, you know, stuff like that, like Goonies and all that stuff was like fun to watch as a kid. Totally, totally. I guess when I got into high school, I was very fortunate to go to a school that had a video production program. And I was able to like, Ooh. I just as much as possible, I was able to uh, got into this uh, TV studio is what it was called. And like worked on TV studio and got to make a bunch of videos. Uh, and it was just awesome. And I could like do that instead of turning in a paper. And that was like so awesome. And Hell yeah. Uh, that really kind of like accelerated it to a point of like, oh, I just like Star Wars and the fantasy, like cool stuff to kind of like getting, you know, more into it. You know, I guess when I was a kid, we were a kid, we'd rent a lot of stuff too. We'd watch like the classic monster movies and stuff like the, you know, Dracula and Frankenstein. But yeah, it, it took off then. And then like Pulp Fiction came out when I was in high school and that was like the sure, big, sure. biggest deal. So uh, <laughs> sealed the deal for you. Yeah, you know, and uh, <laughs> went, went, ended up going to Grand Valley. My brother went to Grand Valley too and was studying filmmaking and uh, how far apart are y'all in age he's two years older than i am okay so you're close enough to be friends yeah yeah i actually <laughs> uh met i met joel for the first time with my brother i i don't remember it was either we went we went to go get like star wars action figures at toys r us or <laughs> wait you met joel at toys r us well, me and my brother and joel did go to toys r us one time <laughs> oh, to get yeah. action figures and uh there was another time they were working on a 16 millimeter project and I was like a, a freshman in college and I just like wanted to see what 16 millimeter film even looked like and what it was like to edit it and see that yeah and, yeah that was like it was you know I've just kind of my brother was there at Grand Valley and it seemed awesome to be working on movies so went there yeah study there oh hell yeah that rocks so you do a lot of work or input on the sets of the stop noise movies yeah um, like the creating the set yeah a few of them a lot of the the set stuff joel is as very instrumental in that and like setting the vision on the set mm-hmm. um you know ape uh joel did most of the set design in ape yeah. buzzard was uh the thing that i did the most set design and really kind of started going in that direction and enjoying doing Mm -hmm. that the party zone was that's my parents basement and i you know put the my parents basement doesn't really look like that that was kind of the start of like building sets and putting together marty's apartment joel did a lot of that i've helped bring in some stuff but we weren't even at that point it wasn't like a super like a proper film set where (laughs) everyone has like a super assigned role and that's what they're doing the whole time or something like that but uh Mm -hmm. buzzard is when that started happening specifically with the the party zone so you have buzzard taking place in your parents basement and relaxer in their garage yep 
Do you have just like the world's chillest parents or was there some convincing involved? No, my parents are just great. They support Aww. all the stuff that I do. Uh, and my friends, they, you know, think Joel and Josh are, are great and all the whole crew. They like, you know, Ashley's and they just support us. So my parents are great. Yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. That rocks. They were surprised <laughs> at Relaxer, the size of everything. Yeah. They were like, because oh Buzzard, it was like, you know, Buzzard, <laughs> it was like five of us and I screwed up the basement for a few weeks and it was wasn't like they weren't even in the house when we were shooting mm. so that was but like you know we had like big trucks and like proper lights and you know adina yeah. howard coming through so it was like uh they were they were a little surprised at the scale but they were still cool yeah. with it. and you like fully built a whole oh yeah room, yeah a, a whole apartment yeah. <laughs> inside the garage <laughs> a little different <laughs> Is that your childhood home or? Uh, yeah, I grew up there. There was another place that I grew up, but I moved into that home when I was in uh, third grade. So yeah, nice. And so the set of Relaxer was based on Joel's college apartment, right? Yeah, it's like a extremo version of it. But yeah, some the layout, the look, the feel. It was not even close to that gross. Not not like yeah. not, uh, it was like <laughs> yeah, a Yeah, how closely based was it? <laughs> um, I mean, we lived in some we lived in a number of pretty fucking gross places and uh yeah, but Y'all were hot couch guys? I don't know if it was oh like God. that. I wouldn't say that. It, no, no. We, you you refuse to admit. No, uh, <laughs> but you understand. He's sweating. You seem to understand hot couch guys so well. Yeah, I, I mean, so deeply. There is certainly some lived experience that goes into yeah. some of that, but it was like we really took it to the extreme on that. I I mean, there was. I mean, when we had our the milk party, which I did not take part uh, in, uh, yeah, that they that that happened outside. You know, we were civilized about it. <laughs> Don't act like that. Look, what's the you can put lipstick on a pig? It's still a pig. That's mean. Though. This is yeah. gotcha journalism. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they were they were they were gross, but uh, nothing like I mean, come on, it was it was we didn't blow up anyone's head or anything like that in the apartments either. <laughs> <laughs> That's the bar. So the set is based on his college apartment, probably an apartment you probably went to because y'all went to college together, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was uh, great times in college, just being total dorks, hanging out all night. Like, yeah, we would make prank phone calls to the 1-800 numbers that were like That's selling badass. like selling little they were selling these like porcelain dolls oh uh, yeah <laughs> we'd fucking call, get them yeah call them up and be like i want that real ugly doll and they would i don't know it would just be silly stuff like that and Hell yeah. uh, real cool guys oh cool 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 guys yeah. <laughs> was that like fucked up for you though like 15 whatever years after college being in a replica of a place <laughs> that you were in college inside of your childhood home also making a movie <laughs> uh, i mean there were some levels to that i never thought of it like that because i know that we we had based that room on the that apartment and a lot of the aesthetic of it but it was just such a crazy thing that was going on and it uh in, in relaxer compared to it and we we were intentionally like cam's character was a more extreme version you know like we were we know folks like 
cam, I guess. Uh, but we, it was more of like a kind of like a party punk rock house or something like that was was mm-hmm. more of the vibe. When we got in and started decorating it, that's how it was supposed to look. But the layout was very similar to the apartment that uh, Joel lived in. Mm-hmm. Okay. But at the, at the childhood home, that was weird. The first few weeks and stuff, it was just like kind of chugging along. And then it just like started really sinking in. Like I'm at my, my parents' house right now. And, you know, like, because it was like a huge production uh, right. for my parents' house. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it did get sure. a little just like, wow, a little bit of a trip. But uh, all in all, the production was like great. It was like the best vibe on the set. Like the people we worked with were all cool. The other people in town who helped out on it were, were awesome. And it was overall just like a great vibe on that set. The set itself fucking stunk and was like, you know, long <laughs> days of, of hard work, but it was there with like good friends working on a, a cool movie. And when y'all shot, you started with the like long hair deteriorated set part. Too. Yeah, it was mental, like how we shot it in like the worst order possible for what <laughs> yeah. occurred in the movie. Like it started off head explosion, you know, okay, it's like the first days of shooting and we're going to blow up this head in this room. We don't, to- you know, we did some tests, so we kind of knew how it was going to go. But uh, right. there was that. And then just it's like, okay, now we're winter. Now it's mm-hmm. not winter. Now we've got to have the wall busted <laughs> Cover out. Cover everything in shit and now take it yeah, off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The biggest thing was that wall, that fucking wall, like having to like re-sand and, you know, yeah. redo the wall a bunch of different times. Uh, that was, yeah, that there was a, a lot of just work that went into that. But it was great. It was, uh, it was, it was still, it was like a lot of work and long days, but it was doing something so awesome with your buddies. So it was great. Hell yeah. Nice. That sounds so sick. <laughs> um, I don't know if I have any more questions. Uh, what else could I possibly not know at this point? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get to the movie. Yeah, we should get to the movie. You know what? Here, that's a good... Um... Oh, I could maybe tell a story of maybe why I thought this movie might be a fun movie to watch. Well, I know I picked this oh, movie. Oh, you, you already know. Okay. <laughs> Well, let him tell it. No, I, I want to know why. I want to know why. No, well, I'm sure you know why I already yeah. watched it. <laughs> yep. All right. So, yeah, Mike picked this week's movie. That is the 2012 film Tower, directed by Kazakh Radwanski. And so, Mike, tell the normals why you picked this movie and tell them why I watched it. <laughs> they are the same story at some point. <laughs> I, I picked this movie Tower because one I, I I really like it and I really like Kaz and uh, Dan who is one of the producers on it. They're lovely fellows who make really cool uh, and interesting movies. This one I I thought it might be appropriate for the normals if they are into sob noise because it had a huge influence on Buzzard. We had got to go to this film festival, the Locarno International Film Festival in Switzerland, and it was like this really mind-blowing experience. And we met Dan and Kaz, who were playing Tower at that film festival. And it was just Mm -hmm. this, like, that was for Ape. And we were like, we did not know what we were going to and, like, how big of a deal it was. And it was like this cool big festival and then we met Dan and Kaz and saw their movie and just thought it was great thought the approach was great the whole way that they they made it and cast it and shot it we thought was really cool and just uh kind of became buddies with those guys 
And nice. uh, so, so you're biased coming in. Yeah, no, I I, I love it. <laughs> I, I wanted to pick it so people would people so so people might watch it because. Uh, b- mm-hmm. But I think you, people should watch yeah. it because it's a good movie. Yeah. So we met them there and just kind of stayed in communication with them, and it was fun. The it premiered at TIFF, the Toronto International Film Festival, and that's not that mm-hmm. far from Grand Rapids. It's like a five-hour drive. So went over to the the premiere, and it was like great. They invited me to the like the cast after party and it was like they were playing that song no games that's in the movie and they were like yeah. the whole cast was there dancing around it was this like whoa i'm in <laughs> tower right now it was so great <laughs> and so they recreated like the club scenes. yes and it was amazing uh yeah. but uh part of the reason that i went to that was to talk with derek who plays derek in tower who yeah the look of the character derek in buzzard is is and we were trying to cast derek to play that role in buzzard of of derek he ended up not being uh interested in it and it just didn't work out he was a really nice dude just kind of he just kind of didn't want to go that direction Mm -hmm. but yeah so that was very influential on and there's a number of references in the sob noise movies to kaz and some of the stuff there's a bunch of references to tower uh throughout too so yeah so that's why we watched the movie (laughs) all right I think it's so fascinating, y'all's eye for people and for, well, everything. But (laughs) so I did go down a little hole of watching things that I heard, you know, various people, you or, or Joel or whoever, talking about that inspired different things in in y'all's movies. Or like, for instance, I watched this because, you know, Derek inspired Derek in Buzzard. And I watched Gimme the Loot to see Ty Hickson. <laughs> and I watched Animals to see David Dasmalchi. And like, what about their performances like grabbed y'all's eyes and then inspired you to either grab them directly <laughs> for your films or inspire a character? And I think that it's very fascinating to me because I see it when I watch the things, you know? Anyway. That's is that that's something insane? no no that's something that we pay <laughs> we we pay real close attention to that in the casting of the roles and yeah. uh, we you know from the beginning we were you know trying to from the beginning when people weren't showing up on set and it was like Clancy play Tim the Seven Eleven clerk right now uh, but yeah. and after that uh, you know we started just being serious about the auditioning process and you know uh-huh. making sure we had the uh, right people like Ty just sent in a killer audition and it just like looked great and was framed great uh so that's how we ended up working with him and uh joel and david had uh struck up a relationship at some point i believe at south by southwest i think and mm-hmm. uh just he's a cool actor and a cool guy like just it, it, it uh yeah ended up working y'all got a great picker for cool guys <laughs> <laughs> okay so this movie <laughs> tower there's not really a cast in this movie to go over. I mean, Derek Bogart plays Derek in the movie, but you wouldn't know him from anything, I don't think. I don't think he's even really done, like, anything else besides, like, student films. I didn't see any other film credits of his. He hadn't done anything really major. I'd seen a reel of some of his stuff, and it was mm-hmm. it was kind of, like, silly, campy, sort of, like, fantasy stuff. He was playing, like, a goofy wizard in one thing, and, uh, <laughs> uh but yeah. And see, he's completely dropped off the face of the planet since, like, 2017. There's, like, 
really nothing past that. Yeah, I don't think he had a... I think he was just kind of dabbling in acting is mm-hmm. the, the kind of the way that I got it. When we talked to him about the project, just working on Buzzard, he was just... I think maybe a little intimidated to get out of Toronto and like go and be an actor somewhere or like maybe he mm. just didn't see himself really doing it other than what he was, you know, the, what he was doing presently in his hometown. Yeah. All right. Kali, do you have a, the critic score? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. I forgot to do that. That's okay. But it has 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, but that's only based on six reviews. So this is a deep indie, folks. Yeah. Deep. Okay, let's watch the trailer and then we'll get into the discussion. working on just this little green guy who likes to forage for stones just so happens these spheres have like a evil agenda and they they come together and they sort of form like a duplicate of the guy and then they drown him in the river and then they take over his life like that it keeps it nice and tight on that one yeah i love that song that no game song i just love hearing that in the trailer yeah hell yeah did you have a little flashback there yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay so this film i feel like we're gonna have a lot of setup on this one it's maybe mostly setup so this is a very unique kind of character study type film so it's mainly revolving around this one character and I think the the style and the production are really some of the most interesting aspects of the film I would totally agree with that without a doubt so this film was shot over the course of eight months which seems wild Eight months? Eight months. All right. With no script. It's all improvisation. Okay. But heavily rehearsed. And they would film the rehearsals and just... What? You said it was heavily improvised. It's all improvised. But rehearsed. Heavily rehearsed. Yeah. So it's like they just keep trying shit and refining it over and over again. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So they come into every scene with like a feeling they want to portray or maybe like an action that needs to happen to move things along and then are just like go (laughs) okay and let's see what happens so i think that's pretty fascinating yeah one of the stories it's i think the scene where he puts his hand on his sister-in-law or something's belly when she's pregnant Mm -hmm. uh, like they didn't tell Derek what was going on so his reaction he knows he's Derek he knows he's in a movie you know he knows he's this guy working on an animation and stuff but it was like go into this room and he didn't know what actors were going to be in there or how to react and uh 
I love stuff like that. I think that kind of experimentation is cool. It's very cool. Uh, I had no fucking idea. I think I would have liked the movie a lot more had I known that. Uh, yeah. Because for a lot of this movie, I'm just saying, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. Why do I care? Allie, don't say I don't care. I, no, no, no. About this care. Like, to be completely frank, I'm not trying to shit on anything. I am coming as an uninformed viewer on anything. Uh-huh. No, but really, like, I watch, it's an hour and 18 minutes of a guy just kind of going about his day-to-day life. That's it. Yeah. There's no real structure. There's no real arc. There's no real change that's surface level, you know, other than you're just kind of seeing him develop and grow in little ways. I mean, there I, I shouldn't say there isn't change. There is change. But for much of the movie, I'm just kind of wondering, like, why is it this awkward... Because it makes me feel awkward, and I, I well, kind part and of their... it's a difficult film to like read because Derek is an intriguing and like morally ambiguous kind of character. It really made me, it made me think, and I really still have like to form a full opinion on it yet. As far as feeling awkward, I think that they want you to feel awkward. Absolutely, they want you to feel uncomfortable. So. We should say out loud, this movie is filmed in close-up shots, extreme close-ups. It's almost entirely just close-ups of Derek's face. Occasionally, you'll get another character, but I think they want you to feel that it's uncomfortable to be that close to someone. You you shouldn't be sure. able to be that close. Sure. And like I appreciate that on an artistic level. And I yeah. understand the pro and like that's why I appreciate hearing the background of it because it helps me feel more informed on why am I like I understand the intent is for me to feel awkward. And mm-hmm. that's fine. Like I'm fine with the movie helping push me to a place that I may not be comfortable with. I think to your point of like why do I care about this guy? And you do. You just hang out with Derek for like an hour and eighteen minutes or whatever. You really are just hanging out with Derek. <laughs> and like, yeah. I kind of think that's sweet because I I do like. <laughs> <laughs> I also think it rocks. So. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, the idea that you can just like let it breathe and it takes a little longer, I think, to digest, and you're going to bring a little bit more meaning to it. Some of the stuff that I I like is the. There's a, a lot of class talk in there, like when he's like going to his job, and it's I like it because it's not like heavy-handed, some kind of like huge. Yeah, like, I did here's appreciate the, that. Yeah, here is the class war message, or here is this or that, but it's it's really mm-hmm. showing like some bullshit labor situations, and like it's different because it's Canada, and like yeah, it's it's like what he goes to a doctor. I like that. I still <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how's he have money for that? You know, <laughs> but uh, it's yeah. like. You know, the way that labor is done and the way even it's like, oh, my uncle got me this job, but he's like kind of jealous of these other guys who don't try hard because they're rich and don't even know what they pay for on their phone plans. And like all that kind of like mundane bullshit is like so awesome Mm -hmm. to me. And like super perceptive. Yeah, that's one of some of the stuff that I dig about this movie. But also like not knowing it's like, man, this guy's like a really good and intense actor. But oh, like, a doubt. but at the same time, like even not knowing how it was like filmed, it's like he was some of that was like really constructed and pulled out of him, uh, which I, I think is another interesting aspect to the movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the movie is very well done. I will absolutely concede that all other <laughs> feelings or sentiments are purely the whims of a maladjusted 28 year old uh, law boy. Well, 
I, I get That's it. That's Colin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get it, though, right? Like, if it, just sitting down and taking it for what it is, though, it is like you just hung out with Derek for an hour and 18 yeah. minutes. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not going to lie. At the end of it, I was like, God damn, if I wanted to hang out with someone who annoyed me, I'd go to work. Yeah. Like... <laughs> You got to say also, though, an hour and 18 minutes. Love the runtime. Love the runtime. Yeah, runtime. yeah, that's a yeah. fabulous runtime. I love that runtime. <laughs> that is a respectful runtime. Well, this well, movie does yeah. respect you. I feel like Derek is also like kind of like a damnable character, too. Like uh, more, more so. We than, should describe yeah, Derek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got nine pages of notes, so let's, let's yeah. hear your notes on, <laughs> on Derek. I shouldn't have said it now. Now I'm going to have to live up to it. Yeah. <laughs> No, my note is, how would you describe this man? <laughs> so, back at you. <laughs> uh, yeah, how do we describe Derek? Oh, boy. <laughs> Look. Who he is as a person is so... I mean, it's everything about this story. All, all this story is, is who he is as a person living his life. But his particular, like, personality, the way he looks, and everything are so critical to the story, I think. So I think a way a way of describing Derek yeah. as a character is like I think he is totally surface level and disconnected and completely terrified to show any type of like vulnerability or to uh, like yes. like or even yeah. like almost like a person paralyzed but also someone who's like deeply brooding and deeply being a fucking baby you know oh, or like not, yeah. not trying to like and being a liar and a hypocrite and a weirdo and like, yeah, like... In, in casual ways that people fucking do and uh, you know like Thank in weird yeah. conversations yeah, like, <laughs> like so it's not like totally damnable but like he's this character that i don't know he won't let anyone in and he won't let anything out and he's surrounded by people who are trying to be nice to him <laughs> like, yeah that's yeah it made my sympathy for him wax and wane mm-hmm. like there are absolutely moments where like I, I kept thinking like where does he fit what is his situation where derek is going to thrive and be very happy and successful. Well, I don't think you can be if you're never vulnerable, right? N- if you're never real. No, not not even necessarily that. I just yeah. meant I meant even more on a surface level, like, and it did connect to that those class issues uh, and labor issues that you were talking about, where I was thinking like, what is this guy gonna do for work? Because let's be honest, he's a shitty construction worker. Like his animation <laughs> is subpar mm-hmm. it's nothing that's gonna blow anyone's mind so what does where does he belong in the most compassionate view of society it's a really perplexing question that ultimately leads in my mind like not to get way political but like to like a ubi like you have to give someone like him just let this person hang out and live and like do whatever he wants because Will you say for the normals what UBI is? Uh, Universal basic income. There you go. Just let people like Derek live because there are weirdos like him around like who live amongst us who are just kind of (laughs) weird and work. You know, they they don't click in a capitalist society. I don't Mm -hmm. think that's a stretch to say. Sure. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't think it, you know, whatever. I think let's get a UBI going. I'm all for that. But I don't know if that's <laughs> going to save Derek. I don't know if that no, is going to be what. No, not I think it's uh, just going to float Derek. It'll save us from Derek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is just like an awkward man, almost sometimes like incel vibes. Yeah. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. That's a total dork, like 
lives in his parents' basement, is 34. Not trying. Yeah. Not trying. You no. know, like has this big, big, big Not thing. trying, but also sometimes trying too hard to yeah. be cool or to be like. Well, yeah, trying, not trying in the sense of like trying to move out of his parents' house in any way. Yeah. Like he's not yeah. trying to get any kind of life stability, but he wants to be his perception of cool. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's it. And he, yeah, tries, and he tries very hard at that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think you're totally right on that because that's like his, even when he has like, okay, I've made this like animation and it's like showed it to this guy who, you know, is like going to try and help him. He gets all like, oh, well, that's not my, it's this like brooding, intense kind of bullshit stuff where i don't know knowing a lot of young guys and being a young guy who went to college and was like into art and shit i have encountered plenty of that type of attitude of like i'm so i I don't know just up your own ass about how cool you are because of your artistic vision yet you have not accomplished anything uh yes i I feel like derek is damnable for those (laughs) reasons yeah like he does exhibit just very annoying traits and it's a struggle to really try to root for him because you do find yourself rooting for him throughout the movie He's not, like, a total douche. You want him to succeed. You don't want him to... You just want him to do better, but he never really does much of anything. You see, the first time I watched it, I wasn't rooting for him, and I thought there was a lot more menace because of the very opening. I don't know if either of you had this. Like, at the end of the movie, it turns out he did just, like, maybe he fell over and got drunk, but how he gets out of the cab... And he, like, chases after a group of women. Mm -hmm. And then he wakes up the next morning with this cut. I was like, did he, like, do some ill shit or, like, what? I I thought there was, like, this feel of menace. And then, like, I had that feel. And then the movie ended. And I was like, no, I was wrong about that, I guess. Or that what didn't happen. Or, like, I don't, like, what? Like, it just, I wasn't ever really truly rooting for him because of that the first time I I watched Mm. it. And I did think some of the, like... Some of his behaviors and idiosyncratic stuff made me kind of fall in love with him a little bit. But I I thought there was maybe some more menace behind him that never ended up turning up, but was only sort of hinted at. Maybe he did just fall over because he was out trying to get drunk. But that was just a connection that went off to me. Yeah. Should we go through the movie? Sure. Broad strokes, yeah. I mean, I think the initial scene, well, one of the first scenes where he's at the club does kind of set up a lot about who he is. Just like trying to dance with girls, taking pics of girls at the club, (laughs) and uh, yeah, being unsuccessful with women. (laughs) He's a creep. Yeah, creep vibes. If I were at that club, first off, shoot me. That is hell. (laughs) I would rather die than be in that club. First off, Derek thinks this place is cool. (laughs) Yeah, that's where Derek thinks. Derek is like, time to go meet the ladies. Down, uh, oh shit, let me do my Canadian accent. Oh, (laughs) Jesus. Don't talk about that. Nope, I suck at it. No, it was really bad. Let's not do that one again. Also in this club scene is the first time that we hear that song that you mentioned, the Sarani song, No Games, which is apparently a big song in Toronto, but I had never heard it before this movie, I don't think. There's a a large uh, Jamaican community in Toronto, and like reggae and dance hall is really banging there. Yeah. I guess you are pretty close to Toronto in Grand Rapids. Depends on the traffic, though. The traffic can be murder. As traffic can. (laughs) Okay. Should we we all vent on traffic for a bit? (laughs) 
Speaking of traffic, then he gets in the cab. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, he like wakes up in the cab, right? <laughs> like he's kind of passed out and wakes up in the cab. And then the two girls get out. He tries to go after them. But I thought my interpretation was that he never caught them. He didn't find them. But your initial interpretation was... I thought one of them took off her heel and hit him in the face. That's like what yeah. happened in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this man's got a wild imagination. Yeah. <laughs> it's just furthered my perception of his ineptitude. Like, he's trying to be cool. He's not at a cool place. This isn't how you the get women. The taxi driver tells him, those girls don't want to talk to you. They yeah, are like... tired. <laughs> I'm like, man, you're just taking L's left and right. Yeah. You suck. He's still like, nah, I got this. <laughs> yeah. I just it's woke cringe. up in the back of a cab. I got this. Let me go it get is, these girls. It's super cringe. Definitely. And then, yeah, when he wakes up the next morning, he has that cut on his face, which he has for the remainder of the movie. It just cannot scab over for the life of him. And yeah, and I think it's kind of funny because not long after this is when he goes to the dentist and they're talking about getting his wisdom teeth taken out. Mm -hmm. And she specifically, the dentist mentions that he's at a good age where his wound healing would be fast as opposed to when he gets older. So I thought that that was kind of funny because she's saying his wound healing would be fast, but he has this cut that will not heal for the entirety of the movie. Not a bit. Which I think maybe takes place over months. I also feel like she says that it's like the time, the clock is ticking though on that, right? Where it's like mm -hmm. most people have this done when they're younger or there's something, a, a comment. Mm -hmm. am, I, am I wrong about that or was that? I think what she specifically says is that you're still at an age where your wound healing would be faster as opposed to when you get older, okay. it would take longer. I don't know if there's any other line. I don't know. I didn't write it down. I believe that that line is prefaced with, like, most people have this done when they're younger or something like that. Yeah. Which would... Which would track. Make some sense with some arrested development. Every time I go to the freaking dentist, they're all, take your wisdom teeth out. But they're not causing me issues. Why? Take your wisdom teeth out. Hey, check this, <laughs> check this out. You want to know an amazing fact about me? Yeah. Go. I don't. I don't have wisdom teeth. I never... They never... I don't, they never they're, came? They're not there. Wow, never you are like a perfect human specimen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the next, my ne dentists, the next step. dentists always think that mine are just molars because they're like, oh, people your age have, they don't have wisdom teeth no more. And I'm like, no, those are my wisdom teeth. They are fully grown and they just chill. They never cause me any issues. So I don't you see got, why I need to get them taken out. You got like a bigger mouth than most people. <laughs> you got more you know, room in there. Probably true. <laughs> Just get your damn wisdom teeth taken out. I don't see why. What, what is that? Like a couple G's? No, I was gonna, Who has don't, money for yeah. that? No, if, if they're not Got giving some you other any, teeth that need to go first, I think. No, I'm joking. If they're not giving you any issues, don't get them taken out. Hell yeah. And now I just have extra teeth. I'm superhuman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's next? Yeah, let's talk about his job. We did a little bit already, but he works for his uncle, who's a terrible boss who treats everyone like idiots. Yup, they suck. <laughs> they, they It sucks. Seems like a shitty, shitty, shitty job. Yeah, just picking up stuff and moving it around. Yeah. Just the way he's talking to them is like, the way the, the uncle boss talks to everybody is so shitty. All bosses suck. That seemed like a normal construction site operation <laughs> to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably, Probably so. Derek also tries to be really cool in front of his coworkers a lot too, which I thought was funny. Or just like he puts on his voice sometimes when he's 
talking to them. It's like what I would do if I were at a construction site. I'd just be like, yeah, because you don't. Yeah, well, <laughs> fucking Bulls game last night was long as shit. Do you and guys the, ball? <laughs> and the goddamn wife won't leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> Yeah, he's just trying to be like a a cool, tough guy. Cool. Something that cool. You can tell he's like. How does he say it? Oh my god. Cool. Oh yeah. Cool. Well, depending oh, on. Do it. I I don't have a. Do it. Cool. Oh no, I'm not doing it. Put me on the spot. I was just going to agree to that point, though, that he, he, he kind of just performs to whatever audience is there and is yeah. like trying to live up to what he believes their expectations would be. Cool. You got yeah, it. Really? You got it. <laughs> no, seeing him at work, like, yeah, I don't know how, how long he's supposedly been here, but he seems like it's his second day. He seems like he has no idea what he's doing. He just does not fucking fit in there. Well, like- he clearly got the job because of uh, yeah nepotism. Family. Yeah, which like totally fine. I'm not hating on that at all. <laughs> it is what it is. Hey, get yeah, a job. Take it where you can get it. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> it seems like he's just and he has a pretty around. sweet deal because his uncle lets him work when he wants. It seems yeah. right. It's, it seems pretty cool. Yeah, he seems to have a lot of people that care for him and take care of him. Yeah. yeah. And he does nothing with that. <laughs> nothing. Like, puts in 30%. Maybe that's why he's so unmotivated to then, you know, fly off on his own. Because he has sweet parents who are very nice and will oh let him live God. at home. He has he's sweet uncle 34. who will give him a job he doesn't have to try at. Yeah, so there's no motivation for him to change anything. Not if, if he is perfectly content with where he is, then he is living the life. Well, since we hang out with him that much, though, he does not seem like a very contented person, you know? He's, like He doesn't, no. though, yeah. Like someone who is, like, engaging in just these, like, just the, like inventing a new you for a different every different situation is just not a comfortable way to live, and you feel it's uncomfortable around him, yeah. Maybe it's like, I mean, he has the basic needs are covered, the housing, job, family, whatever, are covered. Yeah. But the emotional fulfillment and the social fulfillment for him is is missing. Um, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, he does have, you know, the basis of, like, a, like you said, roof over his head and everything. But yeah. there's just something... Whether he has all be... the new flavors of popcorn. <laughs> I did, I did, uh, <laughs> after I watched this movie the first time, we received a care package from Lindsay's aunt. And there were dill pickle chips in it. And I went hog wild. <laughs> and I never eat dill pickle shit. This movie. Made you horny for dill? It, it got me, it made me horny for dill. Yeah. Perfect. And I, you t- I tell you what, I think There's I like It's a totally dill logical effect of this movie for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it tracks. <laughs> Also, where the fuck do you get this dill-flavored popcorn? I want to have weirder-flavored popcorn. It's Canada. Yeah. Those fucking hosers. <laughs> you still trying to think of Canadian words? Hosers is a Canadian word. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's a new one that you didn't say earlier. So the next big things that happen in this movie are revolving around the green man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love the green man. <laughs> <laughs> What little there is to love of him. So first we see him write a note in his phone. Maybe the green man is a scientist, question mark. Could be. Could be. 
The whole thing is so funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the scene where he is in the basement and everyone comes down to look at his animated creation. This green uh, man. I wanted to have my eyes gouged out. <laughs> this was so uncomfortable. Relatable. <laughs> I think this scene was perfection. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that scene. And that gets into the like the brooding artist person who like, oh, God, it's so great. He doesn't want to show this, to, but he kind of does. But then he oh, he's protective of his vision. <laughs> yeah. But there's yeah. also like some aspect like, you know, we're all three of us people who are into freak shit that your normal ass family does not understand right <laughs> at yeah, some point in sure. our lives at least <laughs> so my catholic like, mother loved my uh <laughs> college folk punk band scream vomit the inspo for our podcast oh. yeah she hates she will not listen to this podcast she hates the title <laughs> i respect that <laughs> like so when he's in his basement creating this freak ass like green man cartoon of which he only has 14 seconds done but uh, and his mom like walking down the stairs being like oh i think what you're doing is as good as shrek and it's like just not even like the same universe as shrek right <laughs> it sucks like that's it like not to roast like i can't do better i don't know how to do any animation but no. Yeah, it's nothing. It's it's yeah. It's to- it's no. dicking around. Yeah. It, it's a green guy waking up in a cave that has teeth, and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's all fine. It's but all he's well built such he's built such deep lore around what is going to happen with this green guy. <laughs> Maybe yeah. he's a scientist. <laughs> and- <laughs> He's a scientist, question mark? He collects rocks and he piles them up. And <laughs> while he's out there, he encounters spears. And the spears are aliens and they follow him around. And like, that's like a whole thing. Oh, God. <laughs> Anytime. I am very wary of oversharing about like my any project I have. Anything mm-hmm. I'm working on. Even podcasts. I don't toot my... I'm not a toot my own horn kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's this weird complex I have where I don't like bragging okay wow weird (laughs) weird complex anyway listening to him in every scene there's a couple there's probably like three or four scenes in this movie where he's just talking to someone about his concept i was just like man shut up shut up stop like (laughs) like it felt like a nightmare of mine because he's working on freak shit and not able to discern that the people he's talking to aren't going to get what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. just like, uh, all right, buddy. Like, they have no point of reference. He's just kind of... A weirdo. Going- he's a weirdo. He's a weirdo. And that's fine. And every time he explains his green guy, he makes sure to say... I don't want you to think I'm some weirdo. Yeah, I, I feel like when he explains the green guy and when he goes into that, that is as close as you get to Derek showing any kind of vulnerability. And those moments yeah. are like kind of tense for that character. And I kind of feel for him in those moments. Yeah. If you've ever Absolutely. created something and show it to somebody or talk about it, that is like that is a challenge unto itself for creative people to even oh, show God. show shit. So like, yeah. absolutely. That I I like that apart about those scenes as well. It's super relatable. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, exactly what we've been trying to say for 30 minutes. 
I did. I never said it's not relatable. No, I didn't say you did. Oh. All I heard was you saying it's relatable, just in a longer form. <laughs> Mike came in and uh, zipped it up in one sentence. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's what I love about it, is that it is so relatable. I love that scene. I was dying laughing the first time that I watched it. <laughs> well, there's, there's a lot of things going on in it where it's like, it's like oh, wow, we're going to see Derek's work. Oh, boy. You know, you're going to see it, and he, you know, prefaces it with this thing. And then it's just like, it is truly difficult for him to show this, but then it's like nothing. Then it, like, sucks so bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I don't know, like... Have you ever had somebody share something with you that was like, oh, man, this is terrible and I've got to. <laughs> but he's met with like, <laughs> yeah. he's met with just the kindness of his parents and his parents, friends. But I, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I, there's a lot going on there that I love. There, yeah, there's a hundred layers here and they're all perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah. And he even has like the one, I don't know the relation, May's uncle or something that uh, is like, oh, I used to be a cartoonist. Like, show me what you got and I'll send it to my cartoonist buddies or whatever. Well, the the scene when the, it comes back <laughs> later when he's like talking to his parents about like, no, I don't want to call. I don't want any help. He's going to get all involved and it's going to be his thing. Like, right. just such delusional, cra- like, like, dude, that, like <laughs> you have any opportunity to pursue <laughs> your creative arts in any direction with animation and you have a shot with this guy will open a door. Go for it, man. Just you know. take it. Yeah. But instead, he's being all pretentious about his, like, goofy-ass little guy. That he's oh, put man. no effort into. There's <laughs> nothing. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. All of that's great. Okay. We can move on from that scene. <laughs> it's one of the, I don't know, biggest and most telling scenes of the movie, I think. Absolutely. Even I though it's that. not that long, probably. But, Yeah. After this is when he gets a girlfriend. Insane. Could not believe it. I don't it. think it shows how they meet, right? Just suddenly they're like boinking? Yeah, I don't think it does. Yeah. Yeah. They boink twice in the movie and, and neither one goes well. Bad sex both times. Yeah, very awkward. Awkward. And the first time she tells him to stop. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. It's never discussed. <laughs> the first time she's not into it. And then he time. bails. They don't discuss it. <laughs> Yeah, they clearly they never don't. discuss anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he just like st- I hated it because like God talk like this is the time yeah. to like what's going on like salvage it, man. You're you're not getting a lot of this, and you're you're blowing your shot. Their relationship does seem kind of like maybe both of them are just so incredibly lonely that they are happy for the company and just enjoy like oh yeah not able to really connect on any level whatsoever (laughs) well i feel like there is an effort but derek will not make that any kind of effort but i mean like i guess i don't know on both sides too it does seem like a i agree with that idea that it's someone to be with so okay yeah, she's maybe like a little more awkward about it. But the thing is, I just feel like Derek should be like, yep, great. I've got someone to be with. He should exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, he should be thankful. She's yeah. nice. She's nice. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's nice. Yeah. And the first time that they do bang, it seems like he's going to bail on her like forever, like a, a one and done scenario. I was so frustrated with him. He leaves while she's asleep and just sends her a text like, was nice meeting you. And it. Yeah, it seemed like he wasn't going to go further than that until he looked at her Facebook photos <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> and was like, oh, maybe I guess, you know, she's good enough <laughs> and sets up a second date with her. I, I thought that with the second date, is that with the couple? 
with the other couple where we get the yeah, story about the BBQ. The, yeah, the BBQ. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Again, people who are trying to be nice and interested in him, and he wants to play the brooding artist role there. Yeah. Yeah, and again, I don't want you to think I'm a weirdo, but here's the story of my green guy. Oh, man, you don't even have a name for him. People you just met, too, that you're maybe, I mean, if he wants to date this girl, then he should have some concern with, like, impressing her friends. Right? But he pops out the door with the green guy. (laughs) It feels like it's the story of, like, someone who is just incapable of, or the, the effort switch is jammed on him. Ugh, it's fr- it's frustrating. Yeah. Oh, and when he's driving on the way to the BBQ date, we get a glimpse of the titular tower oh, yeah. through his car window, the CN Tower in Toronto. Oh, okay. So. From what I understand, it doesn't have that great of significance to the name. It just happened to be in there, from what I understand. <laughs> How I heard them explain it was, that's part of it, that there is this big tower in their city. Okay, cool nod. Mm-hmm. But also that it's kind of funny how, like, when you think of a tower, it's a big, like, leering over other things, right? It's big and powerful. And Derek is kind of the opposite of that. That's really it. Sure. It's kind of a, a juxtaposition there. But ultimately, does it ha- you have like that much meaning? I don't know. Probably not. They didn't put a lot of effort into naming anything in the film, right? All the characters are named after the actors. They don't have, you know, created names. Have you ever heard of Hell Comes to Frogtown? No. I'm not familiar with Hell Comes to with, Frogtown. With Rowdy what Roddy it? Piper. It's this nutso, sci-fi, terrible, bad horror-ish 80s movie sounds great it's very fucking i absolutely go watch it but this director was a real fucking weirdo guy donald jackson or something and he ended up in his later years coming up with a film style called zen filmmaking which had no script and like no definite plot and made a couple movies in this zen film at what he called it zen filmmaking and they're just uh nonsense but that concept is so similar but done so differently between these two movies because it is while everything's rehearsed everything does feel you know natural and it flows and it feels really real i think because of all of it yeah it feels like a fucking documentary yeah, totally. Yeah, and I think that's part of the goal, too. They yeah. want it to feel like a documentary at some points. And in many ways, it was filmed in similar style to a documentary, right? With, like, a small crew. There's not much in the way of, like, sets or things like that just because you don't even ever see the sets. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah. That's, that's I think, a, a great way for people who want to make stuff cheap <laughs> to, uh, yeah. like, like that's one thing that I love is that it's, like, literally economical filmmaking where you can just shoot on the streets. You can shoot all sorts of different places if you're just using a 50 millimeter lens pushed in yeah. really close on some hands or faces. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. If you don't have a lot of money and you can make beautiful images, use that technique. Hell yeah. Yeah. And they've got non-union actors, so they don't have to pay primo. <laughs> they got, they said three to five people in their crew at any time. So very small crew. That's the way to do it. <laughs> so soon after or around the BBQ date, is when he comes home and finds trash everywhere. And at that time is kind of when his 
passion switches to a new thing, I think, right? Because he's like obsessed with the animation before then. And once we get the trash, we switch gears to raccoons being the thing. Kinda. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but not for like the rest of the movie. <laughs> Raccoon even in the house ends. is literally the end of the even movie. Even though it's the end, <laughs> there's a lot more shit. It's not like it's just raccoon, raccoon, raccoon. It's not like it's... I mean, other stuff is happening. Yes. Just like as far as what is his brain focused on achieving, at first his brain is focused on achieving oh, yes, yes, yes. his animation. And at this point, it switches to okay, yeah. achieving, capturing these raccoons. Okay, yeah. Agreed. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, he kind of goes through the same sets of stuff. He still goes to work. Mm-hmm. Get a great scene of him dancing around his basement room, rocking out to the one jam. Yep. <laughs> yeah. To the No Game song. I really liked that. And his <laughs> he has the hoodie where the hood zips all the way to the top. <laughs> just an incredible costume choice. He's just trying to be cool. And I'm just like, ah, oh, man, just shave your fucking head. Just get rid of the hair. <laughs> Right, stupidest fucking ugh, people with hair are morons. I feel you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We got a bald king on. Yeah. You understand? I'm also half bald king. <laughs> okay. Hey, it counts. No, you're not in the bald community. It counts. Yeah, I don't know. You choose to do that for style and effect. <laughs> This is a this is a this is the cross we bear. <laughs> How do you think Derek would look though? Totally bald. <laughs> Better. He would look He I don't would know, look man. like the fucking you, you, guys, <laughs> you guys know that onion article it's like a the worst person made a good point. Yeah, you just tagged me on it like last yeah, week. <laughs> yeah, you know that that guy's face? That's what it looks like. I just <laughs> no, had the face remember fucking the memorized. Face. I don't know. I that. think it's kind of I think it's kind of brave to rock a horseshoe. Nobody rocks a horseshoe anymore. Anyone can yep. rock whatever they want as long as they feel like comfortable in how they look, but I do think that this <laughs> is not a like beautiful hairdo that Derek it's not has. helping him. <laughs> it is not helping him in any way. Yeah. <laughs> Did y'all ever try and grow out a horseshoe? Or did you see baldness <laughs> was coming and you just l- ripped it off? Took the plunge, baby. Uh, I did for a while have like the back part of a mohawk for for some time, <laughs> like, but because I could That's not cool, could not have the rest of it. <laughs> it was just like a strip in the back for some time, uh, but then I cut that off. Oh, you should have just grown a rat tail. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one of these. That'd things. be a great look. Yeah. Uh, There's still time. (laughs) Kali, you could do it too. I've been trying to get Kali to do um, bald on top ponytail, you know, where you grow the rest long and then you can make a ponytail. (laughs) You you don't have to fucking take care of the goddamn hair. That's giving me a chore, what you're asking me to do. Well, you got to shave every week now. What's the difference? There's uh, effort either way. What I do is pleasant. I, <laughs> I enjoy the exfoliating of my scalp. Yeah, you know, I just got a Harry's razor. It's one of those like five bladers. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. that's like those work great. it's like driving a Cadillac or something. Like it but, was. <laughs> it's great. Colin, hey. Colin, tell him about your razor. Oh, I got a great razor, but I got to shit on Harry's for a second. Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they are not a friend to the bald community. <laughs> If you read on their box or whatever, it says 
not do not use for heads. What? Oh no! Yeah, I use a Harry's razor too for my head Wait, sometimes. You just got a fancy thing. What was that? Oh, it's uh, the Skull Shaver, sponsored by Pitbull. There you go. Ooh, that sounds wonderful. It's a, it's a like a super formulated mumbo jumbo. It's nice. I can buzz my head in like seven minutes now. Oh, it was just so wonderful. I've been like for years just getting like the bullshit disposable thing and just like scraping the hair off my head. It's rough. Oh my god, it was just so beautiful. That five blades taking care of business. Really good. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah. You can't go disposable. Oh my god. Bad for you. Well, yeah. I'm about to. I'm going to turn 42 on April 6th, and I've decided to, to treat myself to a five blade razor at my middle age. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> I hope you treat yourself to something nicer. <laughs> Next step, you'll be getting the pit bull razor. <laughs> I, I'm intrigued. There you go. <laughs> Okay, so when he does get the dill pickle popcorn, not to bring up the dill pickle popcorn again, but his dad is asleep on the couch and he's just like talking to his dad with and about the popcorn still, even though his dad's like dead ass asleep. I think that was a really good scene for really feeling the loneliness of Derek, I think. Yeah. It's like he has no one to talk to to the point where he's talking to people who are asleep (laughs) just to feel something oh my god he wakes his dad up and i'm just like god damn it derek fuck off Mm -hmm. but i at the same like that's what i mean like it's hard to feel sympathy for him because the way he reaches out for attention which is totally normal and a healthy thing to do to reach out for just someone to talk to is interrupting people and kind of like he's kind of abrasive and tough tough to really interact with and and he's, he's just lonely though he's just lonely so you do like kind of pity him yeah and right after that he goes back to the club and gets picked on outside the club yeah oh, i wanted to kick the shit out of those guys though yeah, yeah. You, your heart goes out to Derek there right yeah they're, yeah they're like teasing him for being like from hamilton which is like the not like the whatever the not wealthy part of toronto yeah they're just dicks yeah it's he's just eating a fucking hot dog Leave oh the fuck alone. let's talk about how he eats that hot dog what does he do i don't know what y'all think of the way he ate that hot dog i don't <laughs> i don't I, I remember him a hot dog going in what i feel the normal way did he eat it oh tiny bites way? tiny bites he's just taking tiny bites <laughs> tiny bites of that <laughs> hot dog it's so weird <laughs> he's nibbling the dog <laughs> yeah <laughs> Do you think a you think a man of his stature should be taking hearty bites of that dog? No, I just I just <laughs> Oh my god, what if he did start choking in the scene? <laughs> I'm just saying he's taking abnormally tiny bites of that hot dog and it's hilarious. Why do you think he made that choice? Because he probably wasn't instructed to take tiny bites of the dog, I, right? I have no idea, but it's beautiful. Maybe it so it's probably a choice that he made. Yeah. Either it sucked, maybe he's vegetarian and didn't want to eat the dog. Maybe he was bashful of how he looks eating on cam. I think the effect is wonderful, though. I love the tiny bites. <laughs> okay, so when he goes back home again, then we get more of the raccoon storyline. First, he's obsessively washing out the recycling stuff. His parents, it's like a whole thing going on, a whole commotion. 
with him trying to wash out the recycling and them saying it's disgusting, even though it is stuff that came from the kitchen, right? Yeah, but I feel like he was like, it was all, imagine going out to your recycling bin, bringing it all in now and washing yeah, it out. Yeah, maybe so. Gross. Maybe so. It's, it's I had also have other a big recycling bin. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. What if a lot of food juice got all over it? Yeah. Gross. <laughs> food juice, disgusting. And he sets up a raccoon trap. I have a story related to one of these traps where I tried to let a raccoon out of one of these traps once Mm -hmm. as a teen, and I got bit by the raccoon. Oh my God, really? (laughs) Yeah. It's part of a larger story in which I ran away from home. (laughs) Oh boy. But uh, yeah, I found this raccoon stuck in this trap, and I tried to let it out. I was like holding the little door open, but the door is hinged to shut, right? So it's like hard to hold it open. Mm-hmm. And uh, the raccoon's scared, so we like won't come out, won't come out. Finally, I'm like, it's too ho- it's too hard to hold this door open. Oh, how convenient! There's a little latch up top that holds the door. I can just hook it to the latch, and it'll stay open, right? Dummy me. Uh, that's how you set the trap. So then (laughs) when the raccoon finally did try and walk out, then he obviously hit the thing and the door slammed in his face and he was still in the trap. And so then he was double scared. So I was like, okay, I'll do it again. And I held the door open, held the door open. He's not coming. So I do the little, uh, stick my fingers out like thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he surely bit my fingers. Oh, (laughs) man. (laughs) But then he did leave the trap (laughs) (laughs) And uh, because I was in a period of time where I had run away from home, I did not get rabies shots for like a week or so after that. (laughs) But you had to get those rabies shots in the stomach? I did. Well, they don't do them in the stomach anymore. They do. It's like, I forget how many, like seven or 11 shots, but it's like over time. Mm -hmm. Um, There's like a whole schedule. It's like you have to get like three in one week and then two in one day and then i don't know whatever it's like a whole thing but i had to get a whole bunch of shots (laughs) over like a period of time and after that i wasn't afraid of getting shots anymore yeah (laughs) but yeah i got bit by that raccoon so there's my i fucking me and raccoons are enemies because i later had a house i later had a house that was infested with raccoons good for them and uh they destroyed so much of my things they got into my attic my landlord you know fucking landlords right? fucking landlords Ugh. they like wouldn't come and get them and then they finally sent a guy they pulled six raccoons out and then stopped coming so then the raccoons just lived there <laughs> in my attic <laughs> um, uh, which was the way my house was the bedroom and the attic were the same story it was just like split in half so like they're tossing around stuff on the other side of the wall to like where my bed is (laughs) at all hours destroyed all my christmas ornaments like family heirloom shit (laughs) any kind of attic stuff that i had all covered in shit and piss and chewed up to smithereens so couldn't save any of it raccoons (laughs) don't recommend Yeah, just leave them be. No, get them the fuck out of here. <laughs> we invaded their territory. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Oh, we need to be the ones <laughs> to get the fuck out of the raccoons' ways. We need to. We need raccoon reparations. 
That's a, I, wow. I seriously we there's a bunch of deer that live in my neighborhood and we see the deer all the time and I seriously do dream of a day where it's like oh we can't have the cars anymore because it gets in the way of the deer that would just be so be yeah. oh that's where I want to live is that place yeah, absolutely I do feel bad for animals when it comes to roads because they don't know yeah but they can get the fuck out of my trash <laughs> <laughs> no that's on um, you that's on you 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 gotta take some <laughs> advice from Derek and uh, wash your recycling wash your recycling. Wash my recycling. Lot, maybe get a latch. I gotta have less tasty trash. <laughs> yeah, how you throwing away food? Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay, done with raccoons. Moving on. <laughs> so Derek has dinner with his brother. They talk about the ice baths oh, that yeah. he's been taking. <laughs> Do you think, okay, so he explains that he's been taking ice baths because your body wants to be at a certain core temperature and being cold causes you to burn calories. Therefore, in his mind, you just sit there and burn fat because you're cold. So do you think he's telling his brother about this because his brother is overweight? Well, he's doing it. We see him do it. We do see him do it. Yes, and... But it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, yes, like, not necessarily because his brother's fat. It's more because, like, here's what I've been up to. But also, like, if you wanted to do it, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Maybe. That might be there. I When I when I saw that, I didn't, that, that's, see, I just kind of thought that was, like, a pretty, like, obvious sort of metaphor for someone who is, like, isolated themselves and Isolated. gone into coldness. And, like, I, I that's sort of, like. <laughs> alone in a bathroom in cold ice it's like my god how (laughs) much more separated from people (laughs) can you be is sort of the way that i took that but also it could be his intent uh in that that scene yeah what a little freak taking his ice baths Do you know about Wim Hof? What's uh, Wim Hof? What the fuck is Wim Hof? It's uh, Wim Hof. <laughs> Wim Hof is a man who is. Uh, he lives in the Netherlands, and he swims underwater and does shit like ice bathing, and he has this breathing technique. And I'm being Derek right now, basically explaining <laughs> no, 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 Wim Hof breathing technique this. and how it uh, actually has been proven by oh, scientists to help your health. Oh, it has. Wait, is this the same thing as mewing? I don't know. What's mewing? I just listened to a podcast about this the other day. I think it's probably not the same because mewing is fake science, but um, (laughs) it's like that you're supposed to rest your mouth like with your tongue in the roof of your mouth because it helps your teeth develop in a certain way that makes you breathe out of your nose instead of your mouth and breathing out of your nose is healthier or something. I don't know. It, it might. It's a whole thing. It, it may be <laughs> along that lines because it's a breathing yeah. technique that you do where you like mm-hmm. hyperventilate yourself and then hold your breath and then you can be like invulnerable to extreme cold. But it is major. It's it's interesting. And this dude, Wim Hof, like you can watch all these videos of him like running in the Arctic Circle with no shoes or shirt on. And yes. And how many of these have you watched? Uh, I got it. I watched like at this. <laughs> Uh, let me think. Last year, I watched maybe like five or six videos of Wim Hof and was interested in it. But yeah. <laughs> Are you going to try? Uh, I have tried. I held my breath. You have? Yeah. I, it's, it, I didn't do the extreme cold thing just because I didn't want to. Oh. to, 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 to it seems does, like it sucks. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so you the, chicken? Uh, uh, okay. Well, yeah, because I'm a big yes. chicken. <laughs> <laughs> we got a big chicken uh, on for a guest. <laughs> but I did do the breathing technique and uh, I held my breath for three minutes straight. 
like I timed Whoa. it, and, and I'm not like Whoa. some like Superman or like some breath sure, holding sure. guy. I'm not like going <laughs> to breath holding events okay, or <laughs> who have done done. It, I just tried the thing. I just you breathe all crazy, like you're freaking out, hyperventilating, and then hold your breath. And I was able to hold my breath for three minutes. So uh, uh, that rules. Yeah. So that is my conversation. That is like some shit Derek would tell people. That is just <laughs> weird. Got it. Yeah. Oh, we love it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> what was the guy's name? Winhoff? Wim, like win, but with an M, and then Hoff, uh-huh. H-O-F, I think. Maybe okay. two Fs. Interesting. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> Check it out when you're doing your ice bath after watching Tower. <laughs> okay, so back with the girlfriend again. They try and bang again, and it seems like this time he has some kind of like ED or something. He says he's tired, yeah. and it's not working out we've all been there man sure 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 this is like another time when she's trying to have more of a conversation with him but he's kind of not he dodges yeah yep she asks when his last relationship was and he completely dodges she says oh it's been a year for me do you think that's long and he's like yeah (laughs) what an ass how long do you think it's been for him I don't even know that he's like even being mean there it, or no. or even, like like it just like totally oblivious like yeah a year is a long time like just not not knowing what to say there but yeah just kind of funny and yeah. just another like scene of how dissatisfying their relationship is <laughs> Then we get the scene of him and his construction coworker who is asking him for a photo to send to his wife and kids. Oh, that's just the best. I love that whole sequence. <laughs> it's so long. He makes him do so many angles and yep. inside, outside. Well, it's this new cool Everything. guy for Derek to be buddies with, right? Like, yeah, it's a, sure. I'm, I'm sure Derek was loving that, having just a great time taking photos. It seemed like he did. Yeah. I was low-key worried that that man was going to chop his fingers off in the saw, though, while he's trying to pose for a picture and saw stuff at the same time. It was very tense. (laughs) Too scary. We get that man back again later. Okay, maybe you should have switched the order on this, but next scene back with the girlfriend is the breakup scene. Oh, God. Hard to watch. So because this wasn't scripted or anything this girl did not know that she was about to get broken up with going into this scene damn but derek knew but in a way because he's breaking up with her he's also sort of telling her that she's out of the movie from here on out you know (laughs) yeah in real life so in that way the like nervousness or awkwardness that's happening is also kind of motivated by what's happening in real life as well, oh, which is kind of wild. Love yeah. that. Yeah. I think that's great. And I think it, it what they got from that too is her response was like, I, I don't know, not, not someone who was very like that invested in the relationship, but is mm-hmm. still in some ways somewhat protective of her own emotions or maybe sadness uh, a little mm-hmm. bit there. I don't know if that was the intent. It's hard to say if you shoot a movie for eight months what uh, what you're hoping to get <laughs> out of out of improvised scenes. But I, I think it, it comes off like she just wants to whatever, smoke a joint and like whatever. Fucking okay, yep. Derek, later. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. I liked how that came off. She's like not devastated, but yeah, it's like she didn't um, care that much about the relationship, but she also didn't want to be broken up with. Yeah. yeah it'd be nice. She yeah. like even expects him to stay afterwards, kind of hang out. Yep. Kind of like mm-hmm. with the joint. Yeah. 
And she goes into like a whole thing about like, well, clearly like something's wrong with me. I'm doing something wrong because everyone keeps dumping me. Yeah. Like self-pity sort of stuff too. I think her performance throughout the whole picture is great because she, I don't know, she seems to be like where Derek is trying, she is sort of trying. And like even that scene there, there is some self-pity involved in it, but it's also like just like a grown-up sort of moving on in a way or like, I, I don't know, like. I think she serves as a good contrast to Derek's character as a normal person or I don't know. (laughs) No, definitely. I agree for sure. Like an adult. I guess I should say an adult (laughs) is is more. Not all adults are normal. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Someone who has a, a bit of emotional maturity. How about that? That's perfect. She is normal. Then the subway with the singing man. I love the singing man. Apparently, when they were casting, he this man, Ray, mm-hmm. uh, responded to a, an online casting call uh, and showed up with a 30-year-old headshot and a chaperone from the nursing home <laughs> and just loved to sing. <laughs> so. so awesome. Cool. <laughs> I just thought that's so funny. <laughs> They're like, hell yeah, brother, go off. <laughs> One of the things I liked about that scene in particular is just his face and how he looks in that like you can yeah like the the kind of like red blotchiness of his skin uh, Mm -hmm. the the Mm -hmm. subway lights and i think that kind of carries through the whole movie they're obviously shoving it in your face with the casting of Derek as the main character but part of the reason i like movies like this is it's just you see fucking regular looking people and Normal it's people. Very not normal. like yeah. not like oh everyone's a fucking model and <laughs> like many movies yeah. are even like indie movies and movies that are supposed to be like all like cool like it just won't have like splotchy looking people like people look like they or, don't let uglies in yeah like, Bingo. so we I, need more ugly i just rap. love this movie for that you know like that's that's a cool thing that's your me. fave part <laughs> it's a part i like you like to see the uglies just regular just <laughs> like people like that look like people yeah but would, in hollywood terms yeah, yeah they would call uglies, them uglies yeah 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 <laughs> I, yeah, I always love stuff with normal looking people. Yeah, hard to agree. That scene is like, I, I I don't know, it's like an intense scene where he comes up and does the singing and it like kind of like accuses Derek of being the weirdo, <laughs> which is great. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I think that's great. Oh, yeah, it rocks. <laughs> yeah, he says, what does he say to Derek? Like, you look confused. And then Derek's like, weren't you just singing to yourself? <laughs> and he goes, I sing for the people. And then just starts singing like some random notes. <laughs> just like, oh. <laughs> really just With just the most yeah, yeah it, and yeah the expression on his face it, he's almost expressionless just letting these notes come out like he doesn't look intense he doesn't look angry he doesn't look like anything he's just walking around singing uh, yeah it's so fun did he did he try on fedoras at some point in between there he did yeah yeah, I think the trying right on, before he went on the subway. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Know, I like that scene where he's trying. That's right after he's broken up, and he's just like, "Oh, I'm like Mr. Cool now. Like, gonna have yeah, my yeah. I'm gonna be hot now. I'm gonna get gussied up. I'm gonna try on some fedoras. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's great. If you want to look cool, cool, <laughs> and hot, <laughs> you truly have to rock a fedora. It's the only way. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that was so. Fitting for his character, I think. He would be a fedora guy. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so in the car with his Irish co-worker. I love their conversation, starting with, do you want to hear some sheepdog commands? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. 
<laughs> Tell me. Hilarious. <laughs> and then, so this Irish man tells this beautiful story about how he moved to Toronto alone and stayed in hostels and worked hard so he could bring his family back, etc. Just his beautiful, like, deep life story. And that is actually his real yeah. story that he's telling. Oh, shit. <laughs> Which is kind of wild. Yeah. But then... <laughs> Derek, of course, turns it around to, if I could just relate that to what I do with my animations. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it's rough, but I'm building towards something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so comforting to know that I'll that eventually it'll work out and things will be better based on how your story went with the whole, you know, immigrating your family <laughs> shit. <laughs> just so hysterical. Yeah, yeah. Totally delusional. He just carries it further with, yeah, I'm going to maybe settle down and have it. You know, he starts talking about his girlfriend. He just starts lying about his relationships. And yeah. To, like, yeah. I think that is so awesome. It, like, not to do in real life, but like as part of the, the movie and a character to just have someone lie like that in a real kind of casual way. Because people do that. Totally. They do. do Yeah. That That is a thing that happens. And I I think he's just, you know, trying to impress and relate, maybe. Like, maybe he is, like, impressed Mm -hmm. by that story and wants that to be his life and is just trying to live up to, again, oh, this is the expectations that you might have for me. So this is the kind of guy I am around you. Yeah. Definitely. Love that. He just wants to have a story to tell, (laughs) probably more Mm -hmm. than anything. Because at the moment, he has pretty much nothing else going on. But yeah, you're right. I didn't think about just having like a casual lie like that. You don't really see that that often. There's nothing to motivate it. It's not like a plot point necessarily or, you know, it's just like a a behavior, which Mm -hmm. is cool. Mm -hmm. That is really cool. Um, So after that, he gets gussied up, puts on that fedora for a moment at least. (laughs) Just go out and be a real charmer. Yeah. He tries to use concealer on that cut. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That doesn't like, work out. God, that must fucking hurt, man. <laughs> yeah. Right into the still openly, like, bloody-looking cut. has <laughs> never yeah, scabbed or anything. A cut that, like, not maybe not stitches, but definitely, like, a butterfly Band-Aid or something yeah. that's going to, like, pull the skin together. Cause, but like, you don't you can... want to be a face Band-Aid guy. <laughs> you you got to do it at some point. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got to, like, take a day where you're just going to stay home and have a Band-Aid on. And he's getting gussied up to go to a birthday party. Have, do, do we know who this character is at all? I don't think so. Just a okay. friend, right? Yeah. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, a friend is uh, yeah. the, the way it's... I, I thought there was... Maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like there was some illusion of knowing each other from some kind of work or employment or, or something like that. Maybe I'm totally wrong on mm. that, but I thought that yeah. that might have been implied. It just felt like, to someone who just sat down and started watching, it felt like he was just walking into a party where he knew no one. Besides the birthday girl? Besides the birthday girl. Yeah. Well, yeah, even I can agree with that. Aside from the time, the brief interaction they have where she reads his card. Uh-huh. Do you remember what his card said? <laughs> no, I just, it was just cheesy and kind of, everyone was like, ha ha ha. It said, here I'll sit brokenhearted until you get this party started. <laughs> Someone's like, oh, the ha ha. And someone yelled, let's get this party started then. <laughs> I wanted to fucking die. This sucked. Ugh. You think, is that a joke? <laughs> oh, the embarrassment. Is that card a joke on the tried to shit but only farted? <laughs> it, that's a, yeah, that, or... yeah, it kind of seems like that. 
That's, or is it its own thing? It's the polite version. Do they version. have tried to ship but only fired it in Canada? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> if you're going to get one card yeah. for your one friend, it, it's a a slant poem related to the tried to shit poem. Oh, my God. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Well, this is, I, That's pretty funny. I feel like at the party, and when he goes off on like, you know, just being, it's like kind of like the worst of this antisocial behavior at the party. Yeah. It, it really feels like yeah. that, and he recognizes it even, which is like even uh-huh. like, oh, uh, like, uh, you know, he's like, oh, I wouldn't throw myself a birthday party or you know make a big deal out of it, and then he like realizes he's like talking shit about maybe the only person there who even maybe knows him or cares about him at all and yeah Yeah. it's just such a bummer and like i don't know there's bummer cats out there that just try and be like a vibe bummer all the time or and that Mm -hmm. that does like whatever i I think you said like incel vibe it's just like that type of anti-social tendency i think is very express in that scene thought it was well absolutely yeah it's tough to watch it is yeah it's kind of like it First, he's maybe trying to seem like he's too cool for what's happening and then realizes that everyone else is like, no, you actually just suck ass for like what you're saying. Yeah. And uh, then he has to change tunes. Well, it it in some way relates back to the attitudes of like every situation where he's getting some like there's a but it's like we're supportive, nice people hanging out at a party trying to have fun. And you're just this like vibe police that is like gotta point out (laughs) the inconsistencies of your egomaniac if you have a birthday party like what is like why are you bringing that vibe here and i don't know i thought it was cool that he even like recognized it that made it like more awkward to hear him just 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 (laughs) drop it just let's just drop it i'm wrong (laughs) no poor little fella's never gonna have a friend (laughs) Uh, got invited to a damn birthday party so he's doing fine and he stays the night there too right doesn't he wake up on her couch? I did not perceive that as her couch. I thought that might have been. Oh, was it his parents' couch? I, that, you, you might be right, but I didn't perceive it as that. It could be. as I thought it was his parents' house. Okay, so you're saying I'm wrong. No, I don't. Okay. I, I, I'm saying I don't remember. <laughs> I, I'm saying I don't remember, but I didn't. I'm saying exactly what I said. I didn't perceive it as that. <laughs> Okay, fancy words to say that I'm wrong. Well, I'm saying it in a way that if I'm wrong, I'm not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, I get you. (laughs) So either way, once he wakes up and either is already at home or goes home, (laughs) um, (laughs) there's a raccoon in the trap. He's caught the man. Yep. Got it. And director Kaz caught the raccoon himself, actually. Yep. (laughs) Was very proud of that one. And he... The whole movie, you know, he's kind of rude to animals, right? Like, at the beginning, the first time the trash is fucked up, he kind of, like, whips his dog a little bit. Yeah, and another then unlikable thing. When he first gets the cage, he tests it out on the dog. He makes the dog go inside it. Another unlikable thing. And then once he finally has this raccoon caught in there, he's, like, taunting the dogs with the raccoon, and they are upset. They're shaking, they're barking, like... He's rude. He has some, something he can have control over. Totally. Yeah. Until he doesn't. Oh <laughs> yeah, he's such. Ooh. He's fucking inept again. We end where we started. Where we started. Yeah, because he takes the raccoon, the raccoon who is in the cage inside, and somehow the <laughs> raccoon frees itself, and then is just like living in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> and so he shuts the bathroom door and leaves the house, and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> 
So he has locked that wild animal in the bathroom and peaced out. <laughs> His poor little parents going to find that big ass raccoon. It's a fat daddy raccoon in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they'll get for not taking it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Should have let me watch the recycling, mom. <laughs> so roll creds. That's the yeah. end of the film. That's it. Did we have any more thoughts? Anything we missed? I, I would just comment on the ending. It's like the, the ending, I think when you're watching it, and if you're watching it for the first time and trying to like get into it, it's like, what the hell? Just this is over? You know, is like really, I, I think it gives you that feeling. But I don't know. I think the ending is interesting. You can make some, the, the whole, you know, there's this creature that's, captured and Derek can like have control over it but like I don't know I feel like sometimes the raccoon is I don't know it gets trapped in the bathroom and he traps it in there and he just like walks away from the problem I feel like that is Mm -hmm. just a greater metaphor of Derek not acknowledging or like not being able to kind of like face up or grow up to anything like he can get himself into situations and then effortlessly abandon them it like probably looked similar to his process with the animation right he probably set it all up Mm -hmm. got into it it got done and then was like hard and you know now i'm just gonna brood about it and not progress any further at first i was just like what <laughs> what and i i don't know i thought it was funny and i loved being surprised by it ending but i i think there was uh, more to it than that yeah you're totally right yeah so that's tower that's it all right we've rolled creds we've set our our bits now we have to rate this out of five so what do we think for me it just gets a three right there in the middle because it's tough i appreciated it on some level but on other levels i was frustrated it's good, it's well done, and I appreciate hearing all of the background on it. It really does help make it a more complete experience to me, and it makes me interested in actually maybe watching it again sometime. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, just three. Okay, Mike? It's an easy one to rewatch. Yeah, the, it's so short. It's short, yeah. Um, I, you know, God, I just want to shout out the homies, so I'd be like five stars. I think it all... all re- <laughs> yeah. in all. Yeah. Hey, I could just leave it at I that. Uh, in all reality, we need an unbiased take. Uh, unbi- unbiased take. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'd give it four stars. I would give like five to some, you know, like the Holy Mountain or something like that. But uh, yeah, yeah. Four. I, I think it's great. I think it's great executed film. I think I love all of the way that it was the the production and the ethic that went into the creation of it. I think is fascinating. The methods and techniques to make it are wonderful. I think it's uh, shot really well and just like conceptually I think it's great and I think it just is a I don't know I take it as a, a film that sort of like points a finger at some kind of like apathy or entitlement or a person who would have a I don't know like this apathetic and entitled attitude I, I like that it d- displays yeah. that in a certain way that isn't just like sneering and I, I I don't know I think it's I think it's just like a wonderfully complex film so uh Four stars. Hell yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm torn between a three and a half and a four. That's mm-hmm. where I'm at. I also basically agree with everything you just said. I mean, I think it is so, it's so unique. It's so creative. The way that they tell this story and some of the, yeah, nuance they bring to the humanity of this character, I guess, mm-hmm. is very fascinating. And stuff you don't really see that often. So unique, you know? So yeah, I I guess I'm going to go for it. I'm going to land on a four. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's so fascinating. It's very cool. It's so unique. Uh, love the character. 
and love the green guy scene. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> All right, and would we recommend this movie? I say yes. I obviously yes. Uh, I'm not gonna recommend it to my mom, but yeah, generally, generally, yeah. Your mom would probably still find something in, in it. I would. No, she'd be very. It's not. It's not mom non-safe. It's not mom non-safe, but like. My mom would not give a shit. I, I think it does. Understandably. It does, I think, take someone who wants to watch, you know, like who's going to accept exactly. something challenging, you know? Yeah, like yeah, a, yeah. I, I don't think it's yeah. necessarily like an easy, like, oh, I'm going to pop in. The, I, don't know, I don't know, whatever. Sure, sure, sure. Not a movie for normies. The, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Colin considers his mom to be the most normal person on the planet. So Bingo. then <laughs> rewinding that back, that tracks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For people who want to have an experience of alt cinema, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Check it out for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They just, uh, okay. uh, Kaz just has, has a new movie that is playing across Toronto. I haven't seen it yet, but it's called right a- now, a- yeah. and at 13,000 feet. They just got their canadian distribution i don't know if can you watch it in america i checked yesterday and you couldn't yet but it is streaming at tiff online i think but i think eventually is coming to yeah yeah i don't know yeah brand new looks like it's about skydiving yeah skydiving wild yeah anyway new films check it out (laughs) now it's time for screen vomit So in this part of the show, we talk about whatever else we've been watching, movies, shows, whatever. So Kali, what you got? Kept working through Miyazaki's stuff. Okay. We watched Kiki's Delivery Service. Yeah, Kiki's Delivery Service, which fucking rocks. Amazing. Five stars. Amazing movie. I fucking love it. Then okay. Spider-Man 2. We talking Tobey Maguire? Tobey Maguire. Okay. Wait, uh, this is the Upside Down Kiss movie, right? No, that's Spider-Man 1. Oh, it's with in Tobey one. Maguire. I thought it was in 2 for some reason. No, Spider-Man okay. 2 has Dr. Octopus, and it's just fucking nuts. I watched freaking Billy Madison. Oh, man. <laughs> it rocks. It's so good. God, when I was in high school, that was just like everyone was doing Billy Madison impersonations constantly. Oh, God. Yeah. I yeah. would have wanted to die. That's You got one for us? Or? No, I'm not doing it. But thank you for asking me to do a Billy Madison impersonation. Shampoo is better. Impersonation request is an awesome bit that you should totally keep up on screen vomit, but you're not getting a Billy Madison out of me. Please. All right, what about an Austin Powers? Give us a yeah, baby. Do you, do you know? Well, I mean, there's an what? ape. That's a bit, right? When Spicer is there and the women come up to him and they're uh-huh. he's like oh, yeah, oh yeah, do yeah, your yeah. stallone impersonation so mm-hmm. that's yeah that is a, that is a sob noise bit that is in that movie <laughs> but based on the real life situation of like finding you have a friend at a party and you go up to them and you have maybe a couple other friends in cahoot and you are like hey do your stallone impersonation that'll be awesome and it's for someone who doesn't do a stallone impersonation and if they likely did it would be real stupid and then everyone's like yeah dude do it with the muscles and then it it inevitably results with the person either not doing the stallone impersonation and everyone's disappointed or them doing an uh, disappointing stallone impersonation so 
I think bad impersonations are so oh, funny, rock. though. I always have Kali do. <laughs> they rule. Accents and stuff. See, see if someone will... It's always terrible. Yeah, baby. <laughs> see if someone will do a full-on, like, Tarzan yell. That would be an all-out impersonation to get someone oh, to boy. do. Like, the yeah, oh, that's like... The, <laughs> piss off their neighbors for the pod. Yeah, I love making people do dumb shit. <laughs> yeah, that rules. We've been on accents. Accents are fun because nobody can do them. Yeah, we- <laughs> especially on the spot. Anyway, uh, it's fun. It's very fun. Oh my god, where were? We? Uh, oh my third. You uh, watched yeah. Billy Madison. Billy Madison yeah. It is definitely watch Billy Madison. It's so good. <laughs> this is after. I can't believe you're recommending that. Nobody will ever take our recommendation. No, you know what else I recommended in a previous episode? Is fucking Little Nicky. Little Nicky. Oh, Little Nicky's hilarious, and then Little Nicky <laughs> is very good. Y'all are unhinged. Peak Sandler is Peak Sandler for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, fuck. Uh, I watched Perfect Blue. What's that? 1990s anime directed by Satoshi Kon. Uh, all Big anime ab- head lately. Yeah. This has been on my watch list for a while. It's a real fucked up movie. You have no idea what's going on for a good chunk of it, and it rules ass. And I watched fucking The Kid Detective. New movie 2020 with Adam Brody, who, between you, me, and the trees, I'm sick of seeing. It was fine. What was it like? It was fine. The tagline to Kid Detective, no longer a kid, not much of a detective. Okay, so why did you call your movie Kid Detective? It's pre- You know what? It actually... <laughs> It's all right. <laughs> it really is. It's all right. It goes for like a real fucking ride. I would recommend watching it if you've got 99 minutes. Okay, Kali, was that all? Yeah, that's it. Okay, Mike, what you been watching? The movies I've watched lately... Do you watch a lot of movies? Uh, I have been watching a little bit more because uh, we were doing the film club at Wimcat where I work. Uh, and I'm watching movies with high school students there. So yeah. we just recently watched I Am Not Your Negro. Oh, hell yeah. Then we watched If Bill Street Could Talk. We watched Paris so is Burning. We watched Moonlight. Mm. Um, oh, damn. So they're kind of, you know. How often does this club it's meet? It's once a week. And they're, they're like, like they want to watch like art movies and movies like yeah, yeah. that are relevant to Black History Month. And so they're, they're all like. You going to make them watch Tower? Um, I, I, well, I oh, told God. them about this. We, we use Canopy to watch movies because it's free and yeah, accessible. Yeah. So that's like part of Film Club has got to be accessible. So Tower isn't on Canopy. So uh, we can't watch that right now, but I have told the students who have the ability to watch it online uh, about it. And then last night I watched Patterson, the okay, uh, yeah, yeah, the Jarmusch one with uh, uh, Darth- Adam Driver. Yeah, I was going to say Darth Maul, but that's not who he plays. <laughs> uh, uh, I see what Kylo you're doing Ren. Kylo now. Ren is the guy. Yeah. What's it called? Patterson. Patterson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you like Patterson? I. I it's kind of growing on me. I after I watched it, my initial reaction was like hmm and then I did a little research and it, it kind of started to grow on me a little bit in the nice. research um, I, I feel like I understood it a little bit better and what it was trying to do mm, and okay. that made me like it a little bit more or maybe feel smart or I, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah no, I feel that as someone who googles everything yeah. I watch basically um, but other than I feel that. other than that I typically I just I watched like all of King of the Hill <laughs> recently uh, Uh, yeah Yeah. uh and twin peaks has been just like when i'm cooking i've had that on too so Mm -hmm. just kind of comfort comfort 
cinema or yeah. TV stuff. Yeah. Shit you've been watching for 30 yeah. years. Well, I hadn't, <laughs> I hadn't, with King, King of the Hill was like, I was aware of it and watched it when I was like in high school or when it was first on, but then did not and mm-hmm. hadn't thought about it till just a month ago. And then I watched it all and it was very interesting. Nice. Okay. Anything else? Yeah, that that, that would be it. Um, we're watching uh, the Florida Project for the next film club. Oh, hell oh yeah. nice. Movie. So Great I'll be I'll be watching that yeah. Wednesday morning. Sick. Yeah. Wait, have you you not seen? I before? have not seen it. No. Oh. So okay. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right, tight. Um, uh, my turn. Yeah. Um, so I did. Uh, I watched through a couple other Kazakh Radwanski films. Uh, I watched How Heavy This Hammer, which is another feature that came after this. You know, more or less same deal. It follows a man around, a much more angry man with different issues, but still shot in the same style, kind of his signature style. Mm -hmm. Interesting film. Yeah, just as interesting as this was, I think. Recommend. I also watched a short that he did called Cutaway that was all hands. It was all close-ups of hands, so... I thought that was pretty fascinating so, as well. In, I, I, sorry to interrupt, but in your research, have you did you found any of the stuff that has kind of like motivated Kaz in these movies? Like Tower is loosely like the concept is based off of him. He is Derek, essentially in his mind. Mm-hmm. Like that is oh, wow. and how heavy this hammer was him taking that look to his father. So that adds maybe a little level of intensity uh, <laughs> to uh, yeah. some of these movies and uh, what they mean to the to the director. So Sure, mm. yeah. I mean, I, I only heard him say that the movies were very autobiographical to him, but I didn't hear him elaborate on that very much. You know, with Tower, it's hard because of the year it came out and because he has such a current project coming out at the same time right now that trying to do trying to do research on oh, anything sure. that wasn't like a huge hit before like the year 2013 is complicated like it's it's really like there just there wasn't as many podcasts there wasn't as much sure. like access to information mm-hmm. like you know even though like yeah the internet existed or whatever it just there wasn't as much as there is now so like trying to find a lot of information on stuff that came out that long ago uh, especially the more indie stuff is yeah, the tower is pretty like not a huge big deal deep. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a very deep, deep, deep cut. <laughs> but that I mean, it's not exclusive. That's not my exclusive experience sure. to Tower. Like I've certainly had that experience with other movies sure. that I've tried to research from that time. And then also, yeah, with him having a movie that is currently coming out right now, there's a ton of press for yeah. that. Uh, and I also want to see that movie, so I don't want to read a bunch about that movie. So, like, a lot of times I'll, if I am looking into whatever, a director, whatever movie they did, I'll just listen to everything they've ever done, and I don't really care <laughs> what yeah. it's, like, mm-hmm. in reference to, because you never know what kind of fact they're going to drop. Sure. I bring in from which movie and something else, but I want to watch this new movie, and I don't want to know too much about it going in, so... Anyway, I didn't want to read a bunch of his note press. <laughs> That's a long way to say that. It's my process, okay? Yep. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I, did, I watched a couple of his shorts and I watched How Heavy This Hammer. Cutaway was good. How Heavy This Hammer was good. Um, okay, what else did I watch? I watched the movie Boys. Uh, I think it's from like 1996 with okay. Winona Ryder and Ski Ulrich. Oh, boy, okay. <laughs> this movie was fucked up hell yeah Winona Ryder plays a 25 year old who starts dating a high school pervert good Um, 
<laughs> and it's never addressed like how weird and gross like oh. any of the stuff between them is. They do have sex in the movie. Good. <laughs> it's all very weird and gross. Suffice to say, I went into this movie thinking Winona Ryder, Skeet Ulrich, hell yeah. And uh, came out being like, gross, how did this get made? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I got two more. I watched a Christopher Borgley film, Drib. I think it's its only feature. Uh, I've mentioned his shorts on pod before because I watched a whole bunch of his shorts. He has a lot of good shorts. Yeah. But he did this feature called Drib that is so cool. <laughs> the story of it is crazy. It's like a um, story about his friend who like almost got hired by an advertising company for a energy drink, but it was all kind of part of an elaborate ruse. <laughs> and the movie is like a reenactment of his story. So it's all dramatized, but it's intercut with interviews with this guy. Yeah. And it's very funny. It's a wild story and i love christopher borgley as a filmmaker i think he's really interesting and fun oh and the guy from uh under the skin was in it uh i can't remember his name now the guy with the facial deformity oh oh that guy okay <laughs> yeah randomly and didn't know he was british so <laughs> that was fun oh yeah he's in chain he for just life plays himself. uh he's in chain for life have you seen that no what's that that's uh adam binnick who is the cinematographer that we work with was the cinematographer on this film chain for life but that actor is in that film as well that's like a it's like a film within a film kind of a movie that's uh okay. pretty interesting it's a lot about interesting obviously his, like his the way he looks is a big part of it and physical sure. beauty to, uh film i don't know it's, it's interesting I, I feel like y'all might enjoy it yeah i'll check it out cool okay and then lastly I watched this movie, Ex Drummer. Have you seen this, Mike? I feel like no, I haven't. All your boys have seen it. No. Okay. It is very brutal, very brutal and violent. I've been likening it to like a Clockwork Orange brutality, but maybe even more actually violent. I don't know. It's like about this group of punk rocker guys it's set in like Belgium, I think, who need a drummer to play this whatever, like punk rock fest or something. But they are all just horrible, <laughs> just horrible and violent and bad dudes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But even though there's like that going on, there is like some really cool cinematic aspects to it. Like one of the guys lives on the ceiling of his house. Like, what is that? I don't know. There's just like some crazy unreality things plopped in there it's really wild but it's really good very violent though so have to warn on that what, one what's, yeah. the, what's the name of it x drummer x drummer yeah no I've, that sounds interesting i don't know yeah violent it, stuff has been a little tough for me lately i've been like a little less into that lately yeah you know mm -hmm. i typically agree <laughs> that's why i'm putting so many caveats on it <laughs> because yeah, I typically am not, well, I mean, not to say that I haven't watched a lot of violent stuff. I came up in cult horror or whatever, but uh, it's just a little more realistic. There's a lot of like rape and stuff that happens, but I still found it entertaining to watch, but there just it has to be a warning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that. Mike, what do you have to plug? Anything? Oh boy, I got I got nothing to plug <laughs> right now. I'm. Uh, do you want to plug your DJ shows? 
Um, oh, yeah, you know, thank you. That is so nice of you to remind me that I do have something to plug. Yeah. I, I do, uh, I DJ and I'm part of the Grand Rapids Soul Club. And we have a radio show that is on 88.1 FM WYCE if you are in Grand Rapids or... You can listen online. But yes, uh, you can listen at WYCE.org. That is Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the show is great records, uh, typically falling in the funk and soul, jazz, blues, disco. But we go all over the place. We will play uh, stuff all over the world. Yeah, sometimes psych music, sometimes punk music. But yeah, that's a, a big thing that I'd like to do. I This DJ crew, Grand Rapids Soul Club. When it wasn't COVID, we would throw a monthly party and bring guests in. And it was all, all great fun. And we have a radio show. And it's 8 p.m. on Sunday. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Also... You got to plug for Sob Noise again. Watch all their movies. We oh, said it well, on their I, last couple I, I feel like we're covered <laughs> on that. Uh, I mean, yeah, watch all watch all the Sob Noise stuff. The Sob, Sob Noise stuff is great. Yeah, you can go and uh, oscilloscope. They, they're out of the VHS, I think. Uh, but you can yeah. still get DVDs of Buzzard. Blu-rays. Yeah, Blu-rays, if you're into that. But yeah, yeah, Sob Noise stuff is great. <laughs> Check that out. Uh, <laughs> I've convinced at least one person to watch your movies. Well, thank so. you. That it means a lot. That's it's really nice. I mean, the movies that we make are really small and but they're from the heart, so it is nice that people care about them. Don't sell yourself short. I'm not I'm not in any way selling a short yourself short because I think our movies are so awesome, but they're small, yeah. right? They're they're not like big huge things and they're not supposed to be and that's awesome mm-hmm. too. So Hell yeah. We love. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> okay, yeah. So our plugs. I have an extra plug this week too, actually. Oh yeah. I recently guested on another podcast called Coolness Chronicles talking about a movie called Why Don't You Play in Hell, which is a perfect movie. That sounds so awesome. That title is so awesome. Boy, you got to watch this movie, I'm telling you. All right. It's, you would love it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. I, I think you would love it. <laughs> it's about a like renegade film crew of young people who get entangled with a uh, Yakuza clan war in Japan. <laughs> Amazing. Cool. And uh, I won't spoil anymore, but it's perfect. It's everything. It's very cool. Why don't you play in hell? I don't know. Well, I plug that. <laughs> the plug was supposed to be about Coolness Chronicles. I'm guesting on that podcast. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. So, yeah, check out Coolness Chronicles. And secondly, I mentioned the short films. I mentioned this on last episode, too. But I've been doing a short film challenge to watch a short film every day. I think more people should watch short films. And therefore, I've created a Google Doc with links to good short films. So if you want to partake in that, it's in our link tree, which I'll put in the show notes. And you can also follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at Screen Vomit. One word on all the things. And I am posting the shorts that I watch every day on the Instagram stories. You know, like and subscribe. (laughs) Subscribe on your podcast app if you haven't already. We're on all the apps. Uh, Leave us a rating and review. You can send us an email at screenvomitpod at gmail.com or tweet us with your thoughts on this movie or other movies. Let us know if you check out the movie or you can suggest a movie for the future. If you want to hear me talk about labor and work and stuff like that i got a podcast called how to fire your boss uh we just posted an episode recently where we interviewed 
a friend of mine who was fired from the bail the bail project during a unionizing drive. Very interesting stuff if you care about that. Hell yeah. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. And we have to thank Mike for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Mike. This was a fucking delight. This is amazing. Well, thank you so much for ha- having me on. It's cool to come on and talk about movies with people who care about art. That's, I, I love it. That's awesome. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so are we best friends or arch enemies? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be closer to best friends. I don't see any enemy status. So best friends, sure. Why don't we go with that? Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Mystery solved. Two Aries and we're going to be friends. <laughs> That's who, Yeah, no, that is right. That is yeah. right. Best friends. Total best friends. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Thanks. And uh, we'll see everyone next time. Bye. Bye. Say bye, Mike. Bye. Oh, bye. <laughs>